Hello, I'm your host, Mr. Chuck. I'm a retired accountant turned truck driver. I have reduced my debt to zero in a short matter of time. Debt reduction to achieve financial freedom takes commitment, confidence, determination. The last episode, I talked about helping my friend get out of his credit card debt. And towards the end of it, as his credit card debt was being paid down, I urged him to stay on track and to pay off all his debt. But in order to achieve that goal, his goal was to reduce or pay off credit cards, we had to set him up on a budget. When I first started working with him, he'd had no idea And he did not keep track of anything that was going in or out of his checking account. On a daily basis, he kind of knew he had money, but he didn't know where it was going or how much of it was going. So he was just using credit cards. Then he got behind for whatever reason, and then he built up credit card debt. So if you are reliant on your online bank account, And that's the only thing you're doing. You're not keeping track of anything. I urge you to check out Countabout. It's a check register online service that you pay $9.95 per year. And you use the manual entry method. That way... Every time you buy something, you have to manually enter it either into your checking account or one of your credit cards. You keep track of what you're spending. You know what you're spending when you're spending it. And that's the first thing you need to do. If you're not doing that, you need to get that done. I recommend Countabout. It is a online so you can log in anywhere check register plus you can track multiple credit cards multiple savings accounts it's everything you spend and owe at a glance if you're interested support my show go to reducedebtincreasewealth.com click on the heart and that will take you to the 15-day free trial. Go ahead and use that. You don't need a credit card or anything. You can use it. You can use it with, you can download your all your details in. Don't do more than 30 days. I did a review on that. So I don't, don't put in more than 30 days. And you can get it all set up. And you can see how it works. And you can manually enter and then disconnect from all your banks and credit cards once you got that initial download done. And you then need to manually keep everything up to date. So when you spend something, you need to enter it. If you charge something on a credit card, you need to enter it. That's the first thing you got to do. Now, this episode, I'm going to talk about Types of expenses. There's five type. I believe there's five, if I remember right. Maybe four. 
types of expenses that you need to understand for your budget. And then I'm going to talk about categories you need to have in your budget, the basic stuff. We're going to keep this fairly simple. Okay, we get this from Know Your Expenses, Know Your Budget, Four Types of Expenses, How to Plan for and Cut Them. You can find a link to this article in my show notes. I guess there's four expenses. I was wrong about five. The first one is, what is a fixed expense? Fixed expenses are the kind of expenses most people think of when they're drafting a budget. They are standard expenses that happen every month on a certain day and for a certain amount. Your mortgage, cell phone, car payment, gym membership, utilities, and Netflix are all fixed expenses. Think of fixed expenses like your bills. Weekly expenses such as daycare payments, dog walking service, or house cleaners, while not on a monthly budget, are fixed expenses too. They occur on a regular date and for a standard amount. Even that withdrawal happens multiple times during a month. The next type of expense is reoccurring. We sometimes refer to reoccurring expenses as day-to-day expenses. They are the types of expenses or purchases that happens throughout the month. They are not as predictable as fixed expense in terms of their date or amounts. Some reoccurring expenses you probably have are groceries, gasoline, eating out. Then there's non-reoccurring expenses. Non-reoccurring expenses are ones that trip people up all the time when they decide to get on a budget. These expenses only happen once or a couple times a year. But when they hit, they might be big, so not forgetting to account for them can be a costly mistake. And for me, they would be something you pay on a quarterly basis. For example, a water bill water and sewer bill, a semi-annual bill such as real estate taxes and insurance. Homeowner's insurance, I pay annually. Car insurance, I pay twice a year, semi-annual. So these are things that while you're not paying them every month, they're going to come up on a semi-regular basis, non-reoccurring. So insurance, real estate taxes, water bill, trash bill, stuff like that. And then there are emergency expenses. And the article is referring to this as a whammy expense. They're the most frustrating kind of expenses. For the most part, they are unpredictable. You don't know when they're going to hit or what they're going to cost you, but you will most definitely feel it when they do. Your car gets totaled, your roof starts leaking, your car breaks down, uh, you owe more in income taxes than what you plan for, things like that. If you're a believer in Murphy's Law, then you know it's not a matter of if, but when. And sooner or later, they will get you. How to budget for the different types of expenses. Well, you can cut how to cut your fixed expenses. Fixed expenses are sometimes the easiest to eliminate from the budget. I can't tell you how many times we ask a client to review their monthly expenses. They got surprised. We see a lot of clients who sign up for a free month of some online service and forgot to cancel it. So now they're getting billed for that monthly expense. So if you sign up for anything and you give them a credit card and you forgot to cancel it after the 14-day free trial, 
or the 30 day or whatever it was, and you're still paying for it, are you using that service? If you're not using it, you need to cancel it. So it's just a matter of identifying where your money's going, knowing how much you are spending, and then try to reduce it a little by little by little at a time. So that's how you cut and trim. Identify things that you're no longer using and then cancel it right away. And you'll be surprised. You might come up with an extra $50, more a month. And if you're struggling to pay off credit card bills, that's going to help you. So you can read that article and go from there. It's pretty basic. So there you got four types of expense. Fixed expense, things you pay on a regular basis every month. Non-reoccurring or reoccurring expenses, things like groceries, gasoline, things that you pay as you live your life throughout the month. Non-reoccurring expenses, things you pay quarterly, semi-annual or annually. Subscriptions would be a good one. For me, it's real estate taxes is semi-annual. House insurance is annual. Car insurance is semi-annual. Water and sewer is quarterly and trash is quarterly. You got a budget for all these or you'll forget about it and you won't have the money. So that's important. The next thing we're going to start talking about is getting your budget started. What are the categories you should be using? So when I got started with my friend to help him get his credit card debt under control, I asked him if he had a budget. He said, what's that? I said, well, we need to set a budget. What do you use to track your expenses? What do you use to track your spending and your income? And that's when he told me nothing. That's why I started this episode saying you need to have your own check register, whether you do it manually or you do it through some app or use some online account like I referred to account about. So I got him to do that first. Then we worked on setting up a budget. We couldn't really start the budget until we knew what he was spending at least the last 30 days. So I could see what his regular spending items are or his regular expenses. Like the mortgage, car payments, credit card payments, utilities, stuff like that. So we now we're going to start talking about if you're setting up a budget, you need to have categories because we have fixed expense, we have reoccurring expenses, we have non-reoccurring expenses, and we have emergency expenses or the whammy expenses, as the article referred to. So in the budget, those type of expenses by category. So what's a category? Categories or a grouping of the expenses. They can be all the expenses or just some of them, whether it's fixed, reoccurring, non-reoccurring, or whammy, or emergency, are grouped together for the same general class. I have an article in my show notes that's 10 budget categories that belong in your plan. I'm not going to cover all 10 of them. I'm just going to cover the ones that are most important. It's uh, quicken.com, blog, budget categories, if you want to read it. And we're going to start with the essentials. Now, these are categories that 
as I said before, can include all the different types of expenses. The number one essential is housing. So in this category, if you have a mortgage where your real estate taxes and your insurance is included in your monthly payment, you just include your mortgage payment. And then also you don't have to worry about the taxes or insurance because it's already part of your mortgage payment. If you're renting, it would be the amount of your rent plus any housing association dues or any maintenance costs that you may have. Now that could just be an arbitrary number of $50 a month, $100 a month. And then as you go through a few months, you can adjust that number up or down considering what it is. Obviously, if you're in a new home, it could be zero. If you're an old home, older home, and you're rehabbing it, do not include the rehab costs because that's not really maintenance. You're really fixing it up unless you want to do it little by little over time. And then you could include that, but you don't need to include your property taxes or your insurance if it's all part of your escrow monthly payment. If it's not part of your monthly payment, then your property taxes are included in the housing category and your insurance would be included later. We'll cover that in a minute. This category should not exceed 35% of your take-home pay. If it exceeds 43%, you're going to have a hard time getting refinancing, or a new mortgage of any type. The second category is transportation. Should not exceed 15% of your take-home pay. 10% would be good. So everybody, regardless of location and lifestyle, everybody needs to get from point A to point B. This is why transportation is considered an essential cost. Typically includes car payments, registration, DMV, V's, gas, maintenance, parking, tolls, and public transportation. Also, Uber, Lyft, or taxi cabs would also be included if you do that on any regular basis or an emergency basis if you do it. So far, we got two of them. Housing, transportation. Number three is food, 10 to 15%. This would be your groceries are essential for every family. And these would be reoccurring uh, expenses that you go into the grocery store. However, sometimes you can include your dining out. If you only do it once a week or once a month, you could include your restaurant meals, work lunches, or food delivery under this category. However, if you're someone who tends to spend a significant amount of money on things like gourmet foods and wine, you may want to put your non-grocery food expense into um, one of the non-essential categories later on or a miscellaneous category. So the food just needs to be food. If you go out to restaurants every day, you need to stop that if you have a debt problem, if you're trying to pay off credit cards. Number four is utilities. It's not included under your housing, but it's got its own category. Should be five to 10%. That's water, electricity, heating and cooling are, you know, vital to maintaining your home. Also would be water and sewer and trash bills would be included under utilities. You can also include cell phone, cable, and internet expenses. 
Do not include cable TV or streaming. These are basic utilities that you pay every month. May not be the same amount every month, but you pay every month around the same time. So they're pretty much a fixed expense. Then we have insurance, and this is optional on how you want to handle it. You can have a category that you call insurance where you put in all your insurance. If you have an escrow on your mortgage, do not include your homeowner's insurance. But insurance would be auto insurance, healthcare insurance. If the healthcare is already out of your pay, you don't need to include it. This is healthcare insurance you're paying in addition to what's being deducted from your pay. If you have warranty insurance, uh, renter's insurance, or protection plans, all that's included, and disability insurance, life insurance, all that's included under the category insurance, 10 to 25% or less. You can always do less. You don't have to spend these percentages. These are guidelines. These percentages is what you should not exceed. Medical and health care, I'm not going to talk about. You can or cannot include it, depending on the size of your family. If you have a lot of children, then you may want to include it if you're always going into the doctor. But the next most essential one is saving, investing, and debt payments, 10 to 20%. It's often an overlooked category or underfunded, arguably the most important. Although saving money doesn't have much of an impact on your day-to-day existence, it has everything to do with you and your family's financial health further down the road. In the world of budgeting, it's called paying yourself first, and we talked about that in past episodes. This includes your emergency fund and your retirement fund. Now, if you already have a retirement fund through work and it's already taken out of your pay, You do not have to include it in this category. But if you don't have it through work, you're funding your IRA or a retirement account on your own, then you need to have this category. It also includes what you're paying against your debt. So that would be all your credit card bills, your minimum monthly bill, how much you pay each credit card. The minimum amount is all you should be paying. Remember, the first thing I do, my debt reduction plan is quit creating new debt. Second thing is pay the minimum amount on all your credit card bills. The third thing is take any discretionary income you may have left, put it in your savings, build up your emergency fund. And once you have a minimum emergency fund of $1,000, anything you get in excess of that apply to a credit card. That's why it's important you know and keep keep track of your spending. There's one more category that I would recommend and I call it miscellaneous. And that's the, just to keep things simple, is the category that you use for anything that you spend. It could be personal spending for clothes, lifestyle stuff, gym membership, grooming products, shoes and clothing, gifts, personal hygiene, dry cleaning, household items, laundry detergent, cleaning supplies. I also would just make it a big category and also include entertainment. But if you're struggling with credit card debt, entertainment and recreation, you need to do occasionally, but it should be a smaller amount of your budget. So miscellaneous for anything you're not already budgeted and make it a reasonable amount. I make mine like $300 a month. You may make it a $500 a month. Remember, if you don't spend it, you still have the money. So if you make it $500 a month, 
and you only apply $200 worth of expenses to it for consistently for two or three months, then you can consider reducing it down to $300. That doesn't mean you have that money there to spend. It just means that that's how you're tracking it. And the less that you spend, the more you can save, the faster you get your credit cards under control. Now, each one of these categories, whether it's housing, transportation, food, utilities, insurance, and savings, investing, and debt payments all have fixed expense within them, reoccurring expenses in them, non-recurring expenses within them, and maybe a whammo or a emergency expense that pops up in there. So one of the examples under housing would be your hot water heater goes out. That would be a whammo expense or emergency expense. That's why you need to have an emergency fund. It might cost you $800, $900 to get a hot water replaced. And if you have the money in an emergency fund, you can use that money to pay this item and you achieve the purpose of not creating new debt. Then you got to build that back up until you have it in there again. So the best scenario would be you have $2,500 in your savings account. Your hot water heater goes out, costs you $950 to get it fixed. You still have over $1,000 and you just have a little bit less money to apply towards a credit card bill, maybe a couple weeks down the road. Because once you pay that credit card, that money's gone, you can't use it. That's why I recommend building up your savings account and leave it in the savings account in case you have that emergency and then you have the money. And then you can still make the minimum payments on all those credit cards, which is very important. That Some of the non-essential expenses are personal spending, which is a catch-all, which we already kind of covered. Recreation and entertainment, it's fun money. Things you do, maybe going out uh, Friday after work or going to a concert or a sporting event or a night out bowling, vacations, streaming service subscriptions, kids' activities, and restaurants that you did not include under the food expense above. Putting it all together. Now you have an idea how to allocate your income based on steadier budgeting categories. You're ready to start building your budget plan. Just remember, flexibility and customization are keys to success. Everybody is different. Everybody's spending is different. But the most important thing is keeping track of everything constantly in real time so you know how much money that you have in that checking account at all times so you don't spend more money than what you have on hand to pay for it. Credit cards need to be treated like cash. If you don't have the cash to pay for that item, Don't charge it. If you do use a credit card for convenience because you're buying something online, you should have the money to pay that off in full the next time you're paid or before that credit card becomes due. You can always make your payment on your credit cards weekly if you want to, if you want to keep the balance down or lower, especially when you buy a big ticket item. Big ticket item means something expensive. And you can pay for it in cash Wait till Friday. Buy it. Wait till it's on your credit card. Two, three days, maybe a week. Pay it off. Pay that a dollar amount off. I don't like creating new debt, and you shouldn't either. 
All credit cards should be treated like cash. I'll be back in one moment with my final thoughts and a bonus item for everybody. If you listen to this podcast using an Apple podcast app, please rate and review this podcast. If you don't know how to rate and review within the Apple Podcast app, do a search, even if you're already at Reduced Debt, Increased Wealth. You do a search. When the search is done, you click on Reduced Debt, Increased Wealth. You then scroll down through the episodes and towards the bottom, you'll see Write a Review. You can rate the stars. If you click on Write a Review, you can write your comments and then click on the number of stars you wish to select. When you set up your budget, it should be with the actual numbers that you are spending. You don't use arbitrary numbers that are made up because that would be meaningless. And what good is that going to do you? A budget is intended to put everything in front of you in black and white so you can make informed decisions on items you may need to cancel that you're no longer using or items that you can help reduce by calling the provider and see maybe there's a better plan. Remember, it's only a guide, so use it as such with the actual numbers. For items such as gasoline, groceries, you can use a average amount that you spend in the last 30 days. Then you need to review that every 30 days to see how close you are. If you're close, leave it the same. If you're way off, adjust it up or down. And you'll get a good feel for what you're really spending on those items. Remember, it's a guide, not an end all to all. It's not meant to put you in jail, but to help you identify where your spending is going. And now next we're going to talk about my bonus. Five signs that you're doing better than what you think you are. This is from fiscalfitnessphx.com. It's got a link in my show notes. And what are the five signs? We're trying to be positive here at the end. And the first one is you don't overdraw your checking account. It's the first step to financial freedom. You have to stop the bleed from your bank accounts. That means understanding your income and expenses. That's why we talked about setting up a budget. The date you get paid, the amount you get paid, and each bill you get paid so you don't overdraw your checking account. Know what you got and what you owe. Number two, your debt payments or credit card balances are trending down. Paying down debt is a good sign that you're in control of your money and that your bills are paid on time. Number three, you don't lay awake at night worrying about money. You rest easy knowing all your bills are paid and debt is decreasing. The family that you admire who has it all might not be able to say the same. Number four, you rarely experience buyer's remorse. Every purchase is a calculated decision. You ask yourself, is this purchase in my budget is this a want or a need most buyers remorse comes from quick decisions we make without thinking about the financial consequences 
So if you're pausing before you make those kinds of purchases, you're doing okay. Number five, you're saving for your future expenses and retirements. Once the bills are paid, the emergency account funded, the debt paid down, it's time to start saving for future expenses like car repair, travel, and retirement. This is when you start to see real gains and maybe even feel like you might just know a thing or two about this money stuff after all. All these signs point to one thing, you have a plan.